0: Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Today, Coach Hall is here with Coach Snyder. And just to give a little bit of information, this is very short, but he he has a lot of background, but this is just a brief bio of him. On February 27, 2012, Coach Hall chased a gunman from the High School Cafeteria just seconds after three students were mortally wounded and another three were injured from gunfire. Coach Hall chased the gunman from the school, putting his own life on the line to protect the school's (laughs) children and staff. Frank has been the focus of the media, both locally and nationally, because of his show of courage. He was featured on the cover of the June 24, 2013 Sports Illustrated article entitled, a Coach's Courage, a story that chronicles Coach Hall's life and what led to the collision of his life's path and the tragedy at the High School on February 27, 2012. We welcome Coach Hall.
1: Thank you guys for letting us come up and share our story. Safety has become a big proponent of what we do with the Coach Hall Foundation but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the days leading up, or actually the years leading up to the tragedy at Chardon High School. There's no tactical preparedness element I'm going to be able to teach you, but kind of like a pep talk of how preparing and being ready for a tragedy saves lives. Two years prior to our school shooting, we had a school live shooter drill. State Patrol, Chardon PD, Johnny County Sheriff's Office, Chardon Fire, EMS, they conducted a live shooter drill in our school. It was very extravagant. Uh, they had a triage on site. They had blanks, fire shots. We had a evacuation, uh, reunification. So they did a great job of preparing us. Two things out of that training happened that in hindsight really sticks out. First is this. This district sent out letters, and they told the community this is what was going to happen. If you don't want your children to come, keep them home. But they encouraged everyone to come. Actually, the president of our school board right now has kept her two children home. Uh, I know today she regrets that in hindsight. Um, secondly is this. The day after the training, we had a post-training meeting and with the faculty, some of the members of the law enforcement, the administration. And we had a teacher stand up and say, and tell our administration, how can he possibly subject our students to that type of training? How could he bring law enforcement into the building and subject them to that? And as he walked out the door, he turned and looked at our principal and said, this would never happen here. And he walked out the door. Unfortunately, uh, as we're finding out, Chardon is the exact place where these things happen. Chardon was voted the fourth best place in America to raise your family by Newsweek. Parkland, Florida was the safest community in the state of Florida. So we're finding out, we don't understand why yet, but that these are happening in those type of communities. One of the reasons you don't hear a lot about Chardon when school shootings come up is because we were prepared. Mr. Brigant and Andy Fetcher did an incredible job preparing us as a school district for that tragedy. One of the best things we did was our reunification plan. Our teachers were tremendous. Once law enforcement came in and first responders and did what they did, our children were evacuated across the street to elementary school. The reason we were able to do that is because of our training and our preparation. Law enforcement knew that we had to control the streets to our schools. I've been out to Sandy Hook several times. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do that. San Diego Elementary was on a small country road. What happened there was people started responding. Mom and dad started going to the school, and the the, the road got bottlenecked. People were leaving their cars in the middle of the road and going to the school uh, like like you would imagine you would do for your child. But uh, first responders and law enforcement couldn't get to the school because of that. Our preparation allowed us to do that. We shut off the roads, the streets to the school. We controlled them. We only let the people in there that we wanted to. And our teachers did a tremendous job of reuniting our kids with their parents. And that was part of the reason that day was a success as far as preparation and training goes. 45 minutes, that's what most trauma experts tells you that a person with a trauma injury to the head has to be on the operating table to have a chance. All three of the young men that died that day were on the operating table in under 45 minutes. And that was because of the tremendous work of law enforcement and first responders. They were able to accomplish that and get that done. And um, one of the things that I remember about that day is when I'm standing there in the cafeteria about this size and I'm thinking about where my kids at. And I realized where our lockdown station was in the cafeteria. And I go over to a door and they have a little window in the door and I look through the window and there's about 60 kids in this little room locked down. Cause that's where they were trained to go. We had kids go outside and come back in to their lockdown position in school because that was their training it saved lives that day. And we're very thankful for the foresight of our principal and our superintendent. After I left the building chasing the shooter out and I came back in, it was as quiet as anything I've ever heard. I don't remember everything in my life being that quiet because the training worked. Lockdown, quiet, barricade your door, and it saved lives that day. So I just wanna encourage you to go out into your communities and and talk about these things, talk to your workers about preparation and safety. You know, the SROs, that are in our building, that, that's what our foundation really works on. 47 seconds is what our school shooting lasted. Our law enforcement were there in less than three minutes. Timing's everything in this. You guys know that as far as preparation and planning goes. I would just encourage you to go out and talk to people in your community, talk to your school board members, talk to anybody that will listen to you about preparation and safety, and uh, just continue to, to take that and have it in the forefront. Last thing I want to tell you about is Mr. Snyder and his role. Like always in a tragedy, one of the most important people in our building is our secretary. Well, she was out that day. We had a substitute secretary in our main office, and she had to call 911, and um, she didn't know what to do. Unfortunately, Coach Snyder was there, was able to take over the 911 call and and help people get to the right place and go on and and do their job. So that's really the planning aspect of what, what we did that day. It continues to be a tragedy that's happened across our country. I'm not sure if we take it as serious as we should. We saw the last tragedy in Florida in Parkland, how unprepared they were at all three levels, federal, state, and local level. So it's something that we need to take serious. We can't no longer say, well, this is Chardon, Ohio, where the last homicide was in 1979. You have to be prepared and plan for the worst and pray that it never happens. Right now, I want to open up to any questions. If you guys have any questions for me uh, that you guys would like to talk about. Normally, we talk to schools, do a lot of preparation and planning with schools. Not so much with the private sector, but like, again, I just want to reinforce that planning and preparation saved lives. And it was something that uh, not only helped save lives, but it helped reunite our community and, and help us move forward. So uh, at this time, anyone have any questions? Yes, sir.
2: Uh, with the benefit of hindsight... Was it in your particular situation, was there anything that you could have done that would have changed the outcome with the individual or with guns or anything like that?
1: Right now, there's two ways to stop this, school shootings. One is by word of mouth. We believe SRO in the building, an open administration that allows kids to come in and talk to them and say, hey, Johnny's putting something on social media that doesn't sound right. You know, you need to look into that. Second is opportunity. I work at a school now at Lakeside High School in Ashfield where uh, it's more of an inner-city setting. And one of the things that I changed when we got there was we met in the cafeteria, similar to Lake Chardon does, so we would have 300, 400 kids all in the cafeteria. We no longer do that at Lakeside. We changed that They go right to first period. They get off the bus, get on the uh, breakfast line, and go. So we eliminate that opportunity. I believe that if our school shooter, he was a coward. And if he didn't have the opportunity... That he had, I believe he would have went on to his school that he was going to, and he would have done it. So eliminate opportunities, eliminate kids in large groups, as much as you can. You know, we're a school of a thousand kids, so it's tough to do. But every little bit of opportunity we can eliminate saves lives. Great question. Anyone else? Yes, sir.
2: According to, are you guys running the Allen program? And if you did, would you recommend that the kids stay in lockdown or go into evacuation?
1: We were a lockdown-only school. I believe in locking down because you just don't ever know. And it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision for a teacher to make when they're in that room. Do I go or do I go? Uh, something we just changed at Lakeside was fire alarms. The shooter down in Parkland, he pulled the fire alarm to get the kids out of class. So we met with our fire chief in the city and the fire chief in the township and said, we need to fix this. So now a directive went out. You no longer evacuate with an unannounced fire alarm. You stay put, assess, is there smoke, is there fire? Otherwise, you stay in lockdown until otherwise notified. Uh, we're fighting with ODE now about this language in, in our safety plan, but we believe it's the safest thing to do. So that's, that's some of the things that, as far as lockdown goes, I'm a believer in locking down until further notice. The Alice thing, it, with the exception being in an open area, like our cafeteria. If you're in a cafeteria that's what you have to do. You're, you're going to have to evade, fight, and, and get out. But if you're in a locked down, secured area, and we're fortunate at Lakeside, where we have our schools like seven, eight years old. So our doors are all locked, you know, brand new locks on our doors. The, the young lady in Sandy Hook, the teacher, she was actually shot outside of her room because she was outside trying to lock her door from the outside. So we, all of our doors at Lakeside, they're all locked on the inside. I think is like that now
2: first question was, what could we have done differently? One of the things that we did after the shooting was, we changed some of the locks. Because our, our building is, is very old. And it was constructed in four phases. So the oldest phase is 40 or 50 years old. So we had doors, some of which locked from the inside, some of which locked from the outside. So after the shooting, we changed the locks and they all lock from the inside now. So to your point, that's one thing that we learned is, that we, we could have done better is had had all the locks from the inside from the from the get-go, which we've we've since changed. Yeah. Um the, the Alice question is, is also a great one. That that's a great debate in this area. And you know the, the, the unfortunate shooting in Denver the other day was unusual in the sense that most of these shooters are lone wolves. And that's the first one I believe since Columbine where there were two shooters. So one of the when we think of a school shooting, at least I'll speak personally, we think of a shooter. And on, on the day of our shooting, we knew there was one, but we didn't know if there were a couple others, uh, if he was alone, or if there was somebody with him. So when the law enforcement came in, they took two other young men into custody to try to figure that out. It turns out that he was our, our shooter was, was was a lone wolf, but they didn't know that at the time. So one of the arguments for lockdown is until you know exactly what you're dealing with, if teachers and students are somewhat safe in a lockdown situation, you don't want to evacuate them until the law enforcement has secured the building because you don't know if there's someone else there. So, you know, you can make a, a strong argument on both sides of the, of the ALS training or the lockdown. We were a lockdown school, and, you know, our, our shooter, thanks to Coach Hall, left out the fact that he chased this kid all the way down the hallway and, and out the door he never entered a classroom because of frank hall and he's too humble to tell you that but i'm not so uh... yes ma'am quick question
0: initially i mean how are how are these shooters getting in are they just blocking through the door if that's what i see I'll say about 75% of what I see on TV and what happens is they are just walking right in the
1: door. Yes. You know, we live in a free society. Immediately after Chardon, you know, everything was thrown up against the wall to see what would stick. And part of that was metal detectors. And, uh, you know, we realized we don't want our kids going to school with metal detectors. We don't want them standing in front of a school for twenty minutes trying to get in. So a way that we try to overcome that is have single door entries. I, I just suspended a kid from school about three days ago because he was in the back of our school and he let somebody in our back door. At Lakeside, we have one single entry. That's how you get into the building. So that's how we try a- a- and overcome that because uh, we don't want our kids to go to a prison for school. We want them to go to a friendly, open place to stay, try and try and be as safe as we possibly can. So that's, a- that's our feeling on it. That's why we try, we encourage schools to have a single point entry so that no one can come in but through the door they're getting put into
0: what is really going to be the ultimate move to stop it completely? But I know you said you're against the metal detectors, but I know a lot of people are against it, but wouldn't that totally prevent that from happening?
1: No, I I don't believe that because like like in our school at Lakeside, we have nine doors that come into our school. We have a gymnasium that's very large. We have windows all, if, if someone wants to get something in, and they're, they're to that point where they're going to do that, they're going to get it in. I don't feel that like a metal detector is going to, and that's just my opinion. I'm not an expert in any way. But again, we, we want to be as safe as we can, and we still want to create an environment that our kids uh, want to come to be part of. And uh, that's why I, I just don't feel that's the way to go. I know a lot of schools,
0: I'm from Trumbull County, and they have a no backpack rule where the are.
1: I think that's an individual school's decision. At Lakeside, we're, we're allowed to have backpacks. Are they at Doug, Doug are they at Chardonnay? Yeah. Um, like like our shooter, he had a twenty-two Ruger. He didn't have a backpack he had in his pocket. Yeah. So, you, you know, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately, we live in a free society. And, and these are the things that we have to be diligent about protecting our free society and our, and our kids and our community. So, and again, you know, that would be on a district by district. Yes, sir.
2: Just a little background. It used to be conventional wisdom for when the police got there was to wait to back up. And our guys are being taught now that first one there goes in and puts this guy on the run. Because if he's focusing on you, if you put that person on the run, then he's not focusing on killing the other people. And all that being led to, do you advocate or do you support or not support the arming of administrators or teachers in the school systems?
1: As a foundation, we do not support that and this is why. Teachers by nature are nurturers. It, it was chaotic. Uh, I'm a former deputy sheriff. Uh, I was deputy sheriff for four years, and I, I think often about this. Uh, I don't ever remember having a clear shot. I don't ever remember being able to shoot him and, and not be afraid of shooting another kid. And to ask an administrator or a teacher to do that, I think that's out of their, what they're responsible for. Our solution is to have an SRO, an armed law enforcement officer in every school in America. Uh, we're the richest country in the world. We can afford to do that. It's just a matter of making a decision. 47 seconds. That's how long it was from the time of his first shot until he exited the building. 47 seconds. Our law enforcement were there in under three minutes. They had a rule. They had to wait for four police officers. Well, they didn't wait. They just came in. Thank God. They came in as fast as they could. Yeah.
2: God, you get the guy to run or get the person to run. Start quick focus- they start focusing on you or the person is chasing them.
1: Absolutely. We believe that a trained law enforcement officer is the answer, not arming uh, a teacher. Because as an administrator, if you're an administrator and someone comes to you and says, Jimmy has a gun in his locker, what are you supposed to do? Or Jimmy has a gun on him and there's no one there. Are you supposed to call 911 and wait for, you know, five minutes for someone to respond? So an SRO, a school resource officer, to me is as important as a math teacher or an English teacher in a school nowadays. And, And even worse, like in the state of Ohio, we just passed a bill requiring training for certain things for uh, SROs, but we need to pass a bill that mandates that each school has an SRO. At Lakeside, our elementary campus, we have five schools on one campus. There was a shooter. There was a gun going off about four blocks away last week. We went into lockdown. Well, everyone of the all five campuses did five different things. There was no uniformity for what to do. Uh, we had one SRO for all five buildings. And it was tough to get everybody on page. Yesterday, we hopefully we corrected it with our, our safety meeting to get everyone on that page. But SRO in every building is mandated to secure that school, the safety and planning. So an SRO is, is, I think, where we need to be. And that's my opinion. And again, if you're a school in, in uh, southwest Ohio where there's nothing around you, you, you know, the first cop or if you don't have a local police officer and the deputy sheriff's your first how far is that from you? Right, so it's a tough argument both ways, we see both ways, but ultimately we believe in SROs that are trained often with their firearm to understand how to use it. Another thing is, I coach football and there's a lot of big football players in the building and you know, if Miss Smith has a gun and they decide to take it from her, that's another issue that we can get into. Anybody else? Yes, sir.
2: You mentioned in Charlton, two years before the shooting, you had extensive training. Given the fact that there's new teachers, students possibly every year you have training every year
1: yes uh the state of ohio mandates that it's just like uh i think it was 1959 our last fatality in a school fire every school in the country has to have a certain amount of fire drills it's the same thing with lockdown now you have to be trained like at lakeside we are alice trained and our sro trains new employees part of their first day of school as teachers is to be trained in alice training so yeah new new, new personnel every day.
2: That's a a very good question. A long time after our shooting before we had another lockdown drill. Because, quite frankly, the teachers that are still there are pretty jittery about that time. So, um, you know, we've talked about training a lot since then. But we've had our our first full-scale lockdown drill since then, this year. There was a lot of discussion on, did we wait too long? You know, in in 2012, my son was in 8th grade. He, He was the building next door. He's a junior at Kent now. Our seniors were fifth graders. So to, to many of them, that event, February 27th, is like an historical event, like May 4th, 1970, is around here, it's an historical event. Which time is going on, that's probably a good thing. But there are a lot of us who are still working there where it's not a historical event. So we try to walk the delicate line between keeping it as safe as we can and taking into account, there are some teachers who are still a little fragile about that. We had some teachers take leaves of absence, and you know, it, it's it, it was it was a it was a tough road for for a long time. So um, we feel like we made some progress with that this year. We, we had a uh, an in-service day with no students. We kind of did a, 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 a small-scale lockdown where each teacher went with another teacher, and we just kind of talked our way through it. And then about ten days later we had a lockdown with with our students. They're
0: used to these lockdown drugs. I don't know if that's good or not. I mean, it it says something about our
2: society, obviously, but it's a reality. So, you know, one of the things that that we we try to promote is, we just encourage communities and parents and groups like this to make school safety a priority. We don't claim to have all the answers. We're not politicians. It's a very complicated issue. There is no one answer. I don't think we can, if we're, if we're realistic, we can 100% prevent it, but we can take steps to make it more difficult. And one of the things that we found at Chardon is that we, we've had a school resource officer in our building every day since our shooting. And everybody feels safer, because he is armed, but beyond that, a well-trained school resource officer develops relationships with kids, And is is someone kids can confide in, if they kids hear things, you know that, kids hear things way before the teachers do, way before the the admin does. So often we found that kids will be much more comfortable confiding in a school resource officer than a teacher. So we found that our our particular case, we're on our second one, we had our first one seven years, and uh, we have our second one now, he's been vital in creating relationships with kids, gives them another resource where they can tell somebody something if they, if they feel like there's something unusual or weird going on. And uh, that that's been great for us. I guess we can your experience uh, but, you know, I guess in general, but do you think there would have been any value in I guess was if you do the lockdown training, would there be any value in a deeper training uh, maybe looking of a psychological uh, aspect of, you know, what do you do if somebody is standing there with a the gun in your face? Um, what are some key points to look at as far as reading the body language? Um, where should my first move be if I'm faced with someone? You know, because obviously, if, if I'm not in a lockdown state and I'm faced with a the gunman, is my first move down? Is my first move away?
1: The last school shooting in Ohio was down by Columbus, where a young man walked into a bathroom and there was a man with a, a shotgun, a student with a shotgun. He didn't know what was going on and the, and the guy shot him. He didn't kill him, but the kid didn't really, the kid with the gun didn't know what he was doing. Uh, he was mad about being ineligible to a sport and he just brought the gun in and the kid just walked in on him. And he just spooked him, and he shot him. Kid with the gun, the shooter, wanted to kill himself, but he couldn't do it. And he asked the kid who was laying there shot to do it for him. The kid said no. I mean, this is an incredible story. Incredible young man prayed with him, asked him, uh, told him that he has a life ahead of him. And he saved his. He saved that shooter's life. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Each individual is different. You know, like today, what I did—I just reacted. He was hurting our kids. So Tell about Mrs. Prince, sir,
2: high school secretary. Now, our situation involved something almost exactly like what you're asking.
1: Miss Prince, she heard the shootings, and uh, she was in the office. She heard the shootings, and she came running. And as just as she ran into the hallway, the shooter come running out of the cafeteria. She must have spooked him too, because he didn't shoot her. He just held the gun at her, and she started screaming, yelling, "Don't do it." Don't do it. And that's when I came out of a different door and I yelled, don't, real loud, like a, it's almost like a movie, it seemed like. Don't. And he saw me and he just took off running. And that's what happened to her. Coach, explain what you want to, what point you want to get. That. Okay. Uh,
2: because the, the, the question said, what, you know, what are, what are some strategies if someone has a gun pointed in your face? In our situation, Frank just reacted. You know, our, our secretary was, was basically pleading for her life. And Frank w- or just yelled just yelled at him and spooked him a second time, I think. And he just, fortunately, he took off down the hall. He more damage before he got out the door, but that saved our secretary's life.
1: Thank God he was intimidated by me, for whatever reason. So he was afraid of me. Uh, he didn't want to confront me. He just wanted to get away from me. And- Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, that was kind of why I brought the question up because it sounds like you, you won the psychological battle. So you're not going to stop if you have a reason, your reaction, which was a uh, successful reaction, you know, just uh, a thought. I guess where, you know, you know there was additional training off the law enforcement on how to react, where, you know, in case of a situation, we might be more inclined, not necessarily to engage, you know, like in the same fashion that you did, at least uh, to have, to know that there's different decisions we can make that could increase our odds. Uh, I guess,
1: surviving. Probably, like, like uh, as a young mind develops, I, I don't know if, if kids are ready for that yet, to be taught that and stuff. So I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like a good good theory uh, to be able to, ha- to understand how to react or the uh, best way to um, get through a situation like that. I, I just don't know if cognitive our kids are able to process that yet. Yes, ma'am.
0: At and they get through a
1: stapler at the trainer and knock them out. So now they're yeah. Really? Well, there was a school in, I think it's Pennsylvania, the superintendent ordered a bucket of rocks in every classroom in case someone comes in there. It's, do it. Yeah, I mean, if you're confronted with something, uh, human nature is going to take over and, and defend yourself. So, yeah, w- w- whatever it takes.
2: One final question. Just the intensity of the moment, and I don't, you know, we're not looking for three, three steps or whatever. I know you probably can't do that, but but just you're going by your normal day, and then all of a sudden you hear shots fired, so many things, thoughts probably going through your mind, emotions. Is there any type of advice or just so it wouldn't paralyze you in shock, you know what I mean, or anything that from your experience that you can give us?
1: You know, for me, my faith is very important to me, understanding you know, that my faith will take care of me. I, I was a deputy sheriff. I love school. I, I love Friday night football games where coaches and, and cheerleading advisors and band directors give it their kids. And it's one big giant celebration, not, not just for the football players, but for the cheerleaders, the band, everything. I, I love school. I love kids. And I, I just didn't want anybody to hurt my kids. I just wanted to get him out of there. I just reacted. If you look at Parkland, you know, there were street coaches killed that went after the guy. You know, people that care about kids, care about your employees, care about your neighbors. Uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, if you're compassionate about people and uh, you're going to do the right thing um, and that's what I say with, that motivated me just wanted to not let it hurt my kids anymore So, thank you guys I appreciate it and continue the good work